Thanks for joining us on this Thursday, April 1st. Got to tell you about Mark Miller title sponsorship. DJ and PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Thank you, Mark Miller Subaru, for your support and support them. Subarus, I have purchased a Subaru. Good cars, that's for sure. Today is a duel. April 1st, Rip Miller just tweeted DJ Jogs. He has uh, his Twitter, David DJ James. Enjoyed listening to you and PK Kinahan for the last 19 years. Best of luck on your new career. Oh, boy. He's going to be calling in any moment then. <laughs> well done, Rip Miller. We did play a little April Fool's joke uh, earlier in this, uh, about 45 minutes ago. I said that the DJ and PK show was coming to an end because DJ is not with us this week. And I thought, wow. I told Yak yesterday, I said, we got to do it. And. I used it on some of our listeners that I ran into over the week this past few days because I obviously I knew DJ was off doing some personal stuff, taking a little vacation. And I said that, hey, I'm going to say that on April Fool's. What do you think? And they said, oh, yeah, absolutely do it. We think it'll work. Go ahead. We think that's funny. So I tested it out. I took it for a test drive and tested it out with a couple of our listeners that I did not know. They knew me, and I chatted them up. And we went from there, and they said, yeah, it's good. So I did go, I uh, did tell them that I would do it if they thought it was good, and they thought it was good. So it worked. Some people were fooled. You had fun. I do need to tell you about the significant transfer from BYU basketball because we've got another, this time it's a big-time player who's put his name in the transfer portal. They've had some guys who've been bench players, but now one of their starters has put his name in the transfer portal, and I didn't see that coming. Okay, April Fools. <laughs> I got you, Yogg, didn't I? No. For a second, I'm like, huh? Did I miss one overnight? <laughs> oh, nobody. No, no, no big stud for BYU basketball has put his name in. At least not yet. Well, at least not yet. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. How about Allen deciding to go to BYU? Did you hear about that news? April Fools. I guess we can go this all day, huh? Oh, no and doubt. Fun. And uh, Kyle. Kyle's had enough, and he's going to go be uh, Kalani's D coordinator at BYU. Nobody would believe that. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools. But what's not April Fool's, today is opening day. Do you have to be a big baseball fan to get excited about opening day? I say you don't. And I know around here with you two, you two soccer guys, you love your soccer. (laughs) And you just, you know, you're all excited about that. And that's where it's, uh, well, that's where it's going. Right now, Steve Krauk, he's rolling over uh, in his bed, not in his grave thinking of soccer over baseball, but I know you and and Sniggy, you love your soccer, and good for you, and baseball's dying. Uh, but I don't think you have to be a big baseball fan to enjoy opening day. No, you <clears> don't. I, I just, especially where we live where it's cold, and it's going to be in the 70s, I heard, this weekend, man. How awesome nope. is that? Spring is here. So that's what I, I conjured up. When I was a kid, winters in Jersey sucked. They seemed to last forever. Uh, they just go on and on and on, and it's just brutal, and you'd be socked in there. And to think that the Mets and the Yankees were playing just would get me so excited. My parents bought me this little television. It was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't even a 20-inch screen. It was smaller than that, and it was black and white. 
and I had it in my room, and I would get so excited. I would come home from school. Uh, I went to Catholic grade school, and I'd come. I took the bus every day, and it uh, seemed like it was a mile that I had to go to the bus stop, but I'm sure it wasn't. And I would just get so pumped up uh, to know, even though I was never really a Mets or Yankees fan, I don't understand why I wasn't, because I should have been like you and DJ, where you grew up rooting for the local teams, and DJ loves all the San Diego teams, <clears throat> all the teams that were in his community. And I had two of these teams where uh, the Yankee Stadium was not more than 30 miles from my house. and uh, But yet I was never a big fan in terms of rooting for them, but I'd love to watch them. And, and back then you, you'd have uh, road games would be televised, so you'd basically have a game every day because the Yankees would be home, the Mets would be away, vice versa. And opening day for me, man, I circled it. And I loved to play and to know that there was an opportunity to be out, to be out on the field. I, I can remember one year, Little League, and that's all we play today. They play all these travel ball and all these games. In my day, you just played the local Little League, and it was a big deal because communities back east are a big deal. And I can remember we our first practice was going to be on a Saturday, and I went to a Knicks game on Friday. And, man, I was so excited, so excited to go into Madison Square Garden see the Knicks play and to know that the next day I was going to be out on the baseball field, the smell of the leather, the ball, the bat, the wood. They didn't have aluminum bats then. Just everything about it just got me so fired up. And i got to admit, that's the little kid in me still comes back, still gets me excited. And to know that today is opening day. Now, we're going to see probably some miserable weather some places. I was looking last night. I saw something on social media, Cleveland and opening day, and it was like played almost in a little bit of a mini blizzard, but they still played it. And we're going to, you know, we talk about the uh, Broncos, and DJ likes to support all things Channel 2 because it's his job, too, and he doesn't want to say anything. And he insists that the Broncos are where it's at in our community. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It isn't for me, so I don't really care if it is for others. But do we have a dominant team in this market? Is there a team that we can say most people pull, pull for? You think so, Yak? Is there a team? Uh, is you're it talking, the Dodgers? You're, talk, you're talking baseball? I'd probably yeah. say either the Dodgers or the Rockies. Those are probably the two I would venture to a guess at. The Rockies, huh? And to a, to a lesser degree, probably the Diamondbacks and the Angels. So the Dodgers, can, can we reach any consensus? A lot of Californians, yeah. I being one of them. Moved up here. Well, my entire my entire extended like in laws like my they're all Orange County natives and they're all Angels fans by and large. So well, that's obviously where the Angels play right there next to Disneyland. We've all been down there. Um, I've been to many Angel games over the years. I would say with uh, the extended run that the Dodgers have had over the past decade or so, I'd probably say the Dodgers are in the lead as the kind of that yeah. consensus well, team. They won the division like seven, eight times in a row now. Doesn't look like they're going to slow down anytime soon. Not with the way they're spending. Uh, no, no. I went out and got Trevor Bauer uh, to a pretty good uh, starting rotation. Uh, Mookie Betts last year. Uh, and he's a really good player, obviously. So what about that? Opening day. Does it get you excited today? I can't think of two better words. Give me two better words than sports than opening day because I can't think of an uh, NBA title, I guess. Uh, but that's uh, that's specific to whoever wins it. Opening day obviously is general. Hope springs eternal and all that stuff, as we know. Uh, so I put it on twi- Twitter. 
or Facebook, I should say. How sweet is opening day? Brad, it's nice to see baseball back trending towards normalcy. Now, that's for sure. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's, that's one of the, and there was a million things that sucked last spring. There's no question. But you wait, 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 and you didn't get it. You didn't get baseball when it was time for baseball. At least in the NBA, you had had it until March 11th or 12th or what it was. NFL obviously was off. Uh, NCAA tournament not having it this time last year was a major blow. Uh, I agree with that, uh, particularly for those senior kids who had an opportunity to participate and they didn't get the year back because their seasons were pretty much concluded. So they couldn't come back. This year's group, they're letting him, which doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense to me why seniors can get this year back in basketball when most of them had, maybe not the entire season the way it normally would be, but they played enough games. I can get with the football situation, particularly when the bungled Pac-12 where they played a handful of games. So Christopher, he says, I don't care. And he's got the gif of... uh, the fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones, with uh, who's the other guy? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yep. And Harrison Ford's about to jump out onto that uh, drainage runoff. And so you got, uh, he doesn't care. All right, Christopher, if you don't care, good for you. You don't care that it's spring is in the air, the weather's going to get better, life is looking, the earth is renewed. You don't care? Because when I think of opening day, I conjure up more than just the actual game out on the field. Rob says, I like rooting for lovable losers in baseball. So I was a Cubs fan. The day after they won the series, I became a Padres fan. Damn it. Go Padres. Padres spent a ton of money, too. They're expected to do big things. They they seemed like there was a while there. there. Every day they were signing somebody. Okay. Stay with us. we got Joe Ingles coming up soon right here on 97. The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Trevor Sikama, co-host of Locked on the NFL Draft. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. Did that really solidify him as the newest member of the New York Jets? When the trade for number three overall went down between the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins, I feel like we learned more about what was happening with the New York Jets because you had some detailed messages come out after the 49ers trade that said that they contacted Miami number three, they contacted Atlanta at number four, and they contacted the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. If there was a trade to be made to number two overall, I think the 49ers would have at least picked up the phone, or at least it would have been reported that they would have picked up the phone for them, but it wasn't. And so that tells me that Zach Wilson has been a lock to go number two for quite a while now, and the pro day was, I just think, the icing on the cake for him going very high in the draft. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. Joe Ingles coming up. Jazz with a huge win. Under the circumstances, trying circumstances, beating the Memphis Grizzlies by four points. I thought it was a great gut check win. You know, Memphis is not a great team. They're not a horrible team by any stretch. I think if you're a 500 team, obviously you're you're the epitome of what mediocre is. But that means that on certain times that you're going to be pretty good. And so you had some things working against the Jazz, the emotional nature of the playing situation, Donovan Mitchell not being there, playing the Memphis Grizzlies for the third time since Friday. 
uh, finding a way to gut that thing out, needing some contributions from some other guys to offset the loss of Mitchell's scoring and all the things that he brings to the team. So one of the circumstances in Jaw Morant had it going on for sure. He was sensational as far as his play. So you put all that in the hat, and the Jazz still find a way to win. That's what I liked about it. They had to gut it out. Tough win, as Rudy Gobert said. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's exactly what happened. And so you got to give them credit for that. Finding ways. You know, they've had relatively good health. You look at some other teams. You look at Portland and the Lakers, right? I mean, they uh, right now the Lakers, are, they're sort of decimated by injuries with the two studs out. Portland has been hampered by it. They seem to be at full strength. We'll see what Portland Portland can do. So we're going to get to, uh, with Joe Ingles and get all of his thoughts on that. The Joe Ingles Show. Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. As the longest-serving credit union in Utah, Cypress Credit Union is here to help you with all of your financial needs. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joining us. Joe, today is your lucky day. DJ's out. You get PK solo. How lucky are you? When Jake told me that just then on the phone, I was about to hang up and just not bother doing it. So you can hurt me, sticks and stones, buddy, but I know deep down you care. <laughs> so I uh, care a little bit about the show, not about you. I do well, it for the can. listeners. I do Absolutely. it for the people. You are a man of the people. Uh, I saw you tweeted out something about speaking of man of the people. Can you tell us what you got going with this uh, family charity auction that's going to raise funds for the autism awareness? Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked because I was going to force you to uh, ask me regardless. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, it's pretty obviously with Jacob's situation and, and what we've kind of dealt with and I guess understanding the financial burden of a very lucky spot, not for us, but for, for a lot of families. And um, obviously being Autism Awareness Month um, in April, starting today, and Autism Awareness Day tomorrow, um, which is our game day versus Chicago. Um, I think, I mean, you guys, know we, we've tried to do something every year um, yeah. just to help other, other families and, and other people that need the financial support or their kid needs to get more hours of therapy or speech therapy or kind of whatever the situation is. So we're, um, we're auctioning a one item every day for, I don't, it's probably about, I don't know how many days are in April, but 30 or 31 days, however many days are in April. So, um, one new item will go up every day, which, Myself, Renee, and, and a few other people will post on our social media. 
Um, there's some some pretty cool stuff. Um, I don't want to kind of give it all away, but um, there is some kind of like jerseys, shoes, things like that, um, some Zoom Q&As and things like that, which is um, a bit more of a personal touch to sit there with Renee and I or, or other people um, that will come up in the next few days. But, yeah, well, one item per day for, for 30 days. Um, they stay live um, for a few days, so you'll, everyone will have a chance over the next five, ten days to, to bid on different items that they would hopefully like. Um, we've got some pretty cool stuff from the Jazz that they've donated, some Ryan Smith, um, people all over the place, a very, very good uh, NFL player with a, a signed jersey, which is, um, I didn't realise how big time this guy is, but he's reasonably big time. So, um, yeah, just a lot of different stuff. And then and all the proceeds are getting split between um, funding some, like I said, therapy and, and hours and stuff here in Utah, and then the charity that we work with in Australia. So... Renee's social media. I know you've only got like 26 followers, but you can retweet <laughs> some of the cool things. Um, okay. Yeah. We had a pretty cool text yesterday from someone that will get announced, which is donate, just donating out of their pocket um, a very, very large sum, which is probably the sum that I thought we'd get for the month, but they've donated it themselves. So, um, yeah, some really cool things. Um if there's anyone listening that knows anyone that wants to throw a donation out, I'll happily take it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be cool. And like I said, it's just obviously something that we're super passionate about. And we, we want to be able to help some families. We, we get kind of reached out to a lot about um, situations that people are going through or um, through where Jacob goes. You, you talk to families and, and you can listen in their, their stories and their voice how, how, how much they're struggling. So... Um, anything we can do, if there's, like I said, anyone out there that wants to help out in any way, um, we'd be more than happy to uh, to try and figure something out. So, yeah, it'll be, be exciting. So the way it works is that they can find all this stuff on social media. Is there a website? How does it work for them to bid on these particular items to have an opportunity? And obviously the proceeds going towards the autism. So can you explain specifically what the people who want to be a part of it and want to bid on them, what they need to do? For sure, yeah. So it'll be um, a link, uh, a link to a website that we will post every day, uh, which will obviously, the link that we post every day will go to that specific item of the day. But then on that page as well, you can um, see every other item as well. So if you go on on Saturday, there'll be two or three items um, as well as the one that we post that day. So... Okay. Go to the link um, that I'll I'll tweet out every day, um, which will be a little bit annoying because I don't like tweeting every day. But it's for, like I said, great cause. I'll post it on my Instagram. I'll post it on my Twitter. Um, likewise with Renee, and you can go to the link, and then you can um, you can obviously bid on the item. So there'll be there will be a starting price with every one that we okay. hope is reasonable. Um, again, we're not trying to like break people's banks but we are obviously trying to raise money as well so um if you can afford to uh, to, to bid on some things um it's obviously funny with the pandemic we're going through we're, we're trying to raise money so we understand people are in some some people are in tough situations as well with that so anyone that can bid um will be be happy to help and 
um, if things get bidded on that people want more of or anything like that, when we find out how many bids are going on, we can always add different things as well. It's it's our auction, so we can do whatever we want with it. So yeah, um, yeah there'll be a, a link to a website every day, um, and we'll make sure that gets posted on everyone's social media so that it's very easy to get to. Sure. Okay, and Joe Ingles' uh, Twitter handle is at Joe Ingles 7, and his wife is uh, at Renee Ingles, R-E-N-A-E Ingles, I-N-G-L-E-S, obviously. So look for that in the coming month. We're just getting started here with April, and so we've got 30 days, and you can bid, and the money and the proceeds will go to a phenomenal cause. Yeah, first one will be out today um, after I go in and test and get my day started we'll uh we'll send the first one out soon yeah cool look forward to doing that and seeing how much money you can raise and obviously a cause that is uh, dear to joe's heart and for a lot of people i mean all of us i think have uh are touched by it one way or another i've got a good friend whose son is like 14 years old has not spoken a word in his life and uh, has autism so and he's going through all that stuff and you talk about the yep. finances. I've been aware of that because he's told me about all the stuff and all, all the stuff that, that needs to be done, and it can get pricey. So it's a great cause. Help out, and you can get some uh, items and some opportunities to do some other stuff here throughout the rest of the month. So look forward to that on Joe Ingles' Twitter and social media and, and bid as appropriate. And I'm sure they have some cool stuff. I know the Jazz will donate some it's good like very stuff. Very cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get to some specific basketball, uh, how scary was it with that flight for you? Uh, um, I mean, I laugh at the start there, but more from, uh, I don't want to say that I'm kind of just happy to be here, but it was for a, a, a good, I don't know how long it was in real time, but it felt like a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah, it was scary. Um, I've... I've talked about it now with a few of the guys. Like, I, I mean, I've played professionally since I was 17. And, I mean, playing professionally, you can probably think about how many times I've flown um, in that time and national team and going home every summer and, and everything. And, obviously, the NBA schedule, how, how often we get on a plane. And um, I've never been through something like that. Um, I think, I don't want to say it got downplayed in the media, but it wasn't like we hit a little bit of turbulence and had to go on an emergency landing. There was there was people from the back of the plane saw the engine blow up, flames, everything like that. Um, I sit right over the left wing, which is the engine that blew. Um, there was pieces flying off the engine. You could see, I think some people posted, there was a big chunk kind of hanging off the, the inside of the engine, which we saw fly off. Um, we didn't see the damage on the inside, I guess, until we kind of landed. Um, I mean, the plane was tilted to the left, obviously, with, with the left engine being gone. Um, and I think that, I mean, for me, the scariest part, like looking out the window, um, was, I mean, you, everyone knows how big an engine is on the side of that kind of left wing. And it literally looked like the engine was kind of hanging on by a thread. Like, it looked like at any point... Um, the engine was just going to kind of fly off the wing, and I mean, I don't even want to think about what what that does to a uh, to a plane if it if it flies off. But it was, I mean, I I was texting Renee trying to hope that we had Wi-Fi at the time. We we usually have Wi-Fi on the plane, but I don't think we were high enough at that point. But yeah, it started off with a massive 
like loud bang um, again, which I've I've never heard in my life on a plane, uh, which kind of shocked us all. And then, yeah, like like I said, I mean, I, like I for my kids' life, like I, I for a good few minutes there was like we're we're going down. Like there's, I don't know if there's an option we. Maybe that's a part of me. Obviously, again, not not being in a situation like that before, but um, I think everyone on the plane at some point for for some amount of time was um, praying or or whatever they were doing, hoping that we were going to stay afloat. It was it was pretty scary. And then I think after again, I don't know the timeline of it because it felt like forever. But the the pilot came over eventually and and kind of explained what happened and. Him being as calm as he was was a little bit annoying because we were, we were all um, crapping our dacks, but everyone, the, the, when, he, when he was pretty calm and explained what happened and that we'd lost the left engine already and that we were obviously good to fly with one engine, which I had no idea about, um, I think kind of settled everyone down. So, um, yeah, very, very scary experience and... Um, I mean, I hope it happens to no one ever again because it's it wasn't fun. Um, I mean, I got in my car when we landed and drove straight home to, to Renee and the kids and um, was very glad I, I got to go and do that because it was, um, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't kind of a laughing, joking, um, again, like I said, I, I don't think they purposely kind of played it down, but if you weren't on the plane at the time, you nobody would have kind of understood what we were feeling as a as a team or, or staff or whatever. So, um, yeah, definitely definitely rattled, rattled the group a little bit. So how many minutes into the flight was it, and were you still able to see, like, the ground in Salt Lake and the Salt Lake area? Was it that close to the airport? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't long after we took off, which, um, again, like, I don't know specifics of how high we were, but we were, we were pretty close. Like we could see the ground and stuff still, which again, I don't know if that's good or bad because we yeah. could see how close we were, or if we had to land, like where, where we were going to land if we couldn't. But they were they were dumping fuel, and um, again, I don't know the detail. You obviously can't land with the amount of fuel we had. Um, I guess for the weight of the plane or whatever. So um, yeah, we kind of took off. Um, we had actually just kind of dealt our first de- uh, deal of of cards that we were playing and um, it happened right after I think George dealt the cards and, and the bang happened and we threw the cards in immediately and was like yeah freak- everyone was kind of freaking out for a minute it was, it was one of those things that again you just I mean, not, not if you've never been in that situ- situation or you're not a pilot that's been or, or an, uh, a flight attendant or, or whatever it was um, so we kind of circled around I guess um, I saw like a flight map we kind of, I guess we kind of circled around and then was obviously once the, the um, pilot said we were going to be okay to land and should be fine landing and everything will be okay um, as the engine was blown and we were still kind of in, air, in the air safely um, I think it settled everyone a little bit but um, yeah it won't be a uh, it was tough it was tough getting on the fly, uh, plane again a couple of hours later. Did you, during that time, did you make any deals with God? I was trying. I was trying to text text Renee the whole time. I 
which looking back, like, I don't know if that was the best decision or not, because she was, we lost reception for a little bit. I was kind of texting her like, yo, something just blew up and we're about to make an emergency landing or something I wrote. And we kind of like lost reception because we're kind of high enough to have a little bit, but obviously it goes in and out until we get to whatever the height is to get Wi-Fi, which we are lucky enough to have on the plane. And um, yeah, once we once we got uh, once we got high enough, uh, low enough, obviously the um, oh, once we landed. Sorry, I had all these texts from from, from Renee, kind of freaking out about. Oh yeah. What, yeah, it was just because I I had enough reception to get them through to her, and then it kind of died, so I couldn't reply. Like it was just a like I said, it was once we got on the ground, I was off that thing and in my car and getting home as as quick as I could to to see them. So um, like yeah, like I said, I I hope it never happens to anyone um, because it, it, it I mean it shows you uh, it showed us all I think how scared we could get in the situation, but also. Um, yeah, just a, a a very scary situation to be in. So I was thinking about this because of you being a pro at a young age and literally playing all over the planet, you've probably flown more or certainly as much as anybody on this team in terms of total miles. And, you know, you go back and forth. You haven't because of the pandemic. But since you've been with the Jazz, you've been going back and forth several times to Australia, and that's uh, thousands of miles, however 10,000, however many miles that is. So if you say that, all that flying that you've done for all these years, you know, a good 15, 16 years, and you've never experienced anything like that, then that must have been an unbelievably terrifying experience for you personally since you are such a veteran of flying. So I can only imagine what your heart when I say, like, must have been. When I say I've never, never been, like, when, like, not even close to something like that. Like, not even, I remember one flight i think i was flying from uh london to melbourne or somewhere like that and it was a long flight um and i was kind of sitting back there with everybody and i remember we dropped like the turbulence um or we hit a pocket of whatever it was and we dropped like however far we dropped um and that was at the, i was like 15 16 years old and i was like man this that was really scary but we kind of like that was the, the only thing, like, I've been in turbulence and that doesn't kind of yeah. worry me too much. Um, but even, like, e- even yesterday I was saying to a few of the guys, like, if we had to, if that same situation was in a typical, a more typical Utah day, a, a windy day, a bit of snow, um, obviously people that have flown know how windy it gets um, kind of flying into Utah. Like, Utah and, and Denver are two places that are, horrible to fly into if it's windy or snowing or raining because of um, how kind of much the plane shakes like I don't know if that engine thing the engine would have stayed on if we were if it was a bad day weather wise in Utah like that's um, again like yeah no not nothing even ever close to, to what we went through not even anywhere close Joe Ingles show brought to you by Cypress Credit Union uh, so Mitchell didn't get back on the plane did you think about it yeah, I mean, I think I think everybody thought about it. Um, I think as soon as we we landed, a few of the guys were like, "I don't know what the NBA rules are, but can we forfeit the game?" And 
we were lucky enough to beat them twice. Maybe we just give them this one win and, and <laughs> don't travel and give give the guys a couple of days to, um, I guess, kind of just relax and and um, kind of realize what we just went through, um, kind of as a group. So um, I, I felt a lot better, obviously, once we got on the ground, um, and then being able to get in my car and. I mean, even driving right after was a bit uncomfortable, just what we'd gone through. But once I once I got home to, to Renee and the kids and I got to, to see them and, and actually get to spend, I got to spend a few more hours at home and, and put the kids to bed and, and all that, um, I was, I guess, a lot more comfortable. And then um, kind of just hearing stories and people telling us, like, like, there's, there was flight attendants on our plane that have flown for 30 years and it's never happened to them. So like, how rare an occurrence it is that that, that what happened. Um, but if anyone in our team or staff said I was, like, wasn't comfortable going, I, would not, I wouldn't have questioned it one bit. And um, Yeah, I mean, if, if it was me, I would have hoped they wouldn't question it. I think everyone, everyone has things in their life that are kind of no-goes. Um, like if something ever happened to Renee or the kids or whatever, like I'm not, I'm not traveling. I'm not going to a game. There's no question in my mind um, with certain things that obviously take a much higher priority in my life over a basketball game. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been or whatever the word mad, upset, whatever, if we, with anyone that decided to, to stay back. So um, obviously his situation, like we're going to have to fly again. I mean, he's stated numerous times that he hates flying as it is anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we'll, obviously got to get on a flight again on Sunday or Monday or something. So um, we'll see how see how it goes. Hopefully, he's he's all good, and um, I'm glad we kind of got to go there, play the game, and um, get a win and and get home safely. Yeah, so how big of a, of a gut check under the circumstances, just playing Memphis for the third time since Friday, then you factor all this stuff in and the emotional shaking of the nerves and all that, and I, I can't really imagine. I've been in a couple of situations. I've traveled a fair amount for work where I got scared, but I don't know that it's to that level where you literally think you're going down and then uh, you don't have your leading scorer, but you still find a way to win. I thought under the circumstances that was a gut check win. Oh, I was, I was very. Uh, it was, I guess, kind of one of the more proud um, wins we've, for me anyway. Like you, like you said, you throw in all the, the circumstances. Like even just, I mean, beating a team twice in a row is is hard. Like we've talked about it when you, we've had a few of those games where you play the same team like Monday, Wednesday, or, or whatever it is. So let alone on a back to back, those first two uh, with a. Like, let's not get it twisted like they're a, a very good uh, I think they're young and they're still kind of probably finding themselves a little bit of the way they play and 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 kind of what works for them but they're they they play super hard they're physical um they obviously know like like Jar's their guy and they 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 play well together and so winning back-to-back games is is tough never mind throwing at, at Cleveland um who obviously we we kind of took care of Fairly easily, um, but still another game, and then and then, yeah, throw in the, the plane situation, and then go home. I think we end up flying out at like eight o'clock at night. We got in at twelve, one o'clock in the morning, 
went over, had a shoot around the next day just to kind of just to get out there and, and not be in the room thinking about what happened and then not having Donovan. Um, again, playing the, the same team for a third time, I, I was, uh, like, I didn't say it to anyone at the time, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised if we came out slow or sluggish or, um, like you said, kind of that nerve-wracking feeling. Um, so, yeah, really, like, really proud of the guys just to pull out a... a a win, but a tough win. It obviously got close there for, for the last quarter, and um, yeah, like I said, happy to happy to get that win, and then I was happy to get the hell out of there and come home. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. You know, it seemed like when you, you that was that stretch a couple of weeks back earlier uh, in March where you'd lost four or six, and the slow starts were. Uh, somewhat uh, of an issue. Well, now you talk about this one here, Bogdanovich hitting the threes early. You didn't have that slow start. Uh, is that more of a mental thing as far as, hey, let's make sure well, from the opening tip we're ready to go? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we can be, and as you know, Quinn coach prepares us probably for just as well or, or better than any other coach or team in the league. Like we, we know exactly what we're doing going into a game. We know what our, our scout is. We know what the team's doing, the players are doing. Um, obviously, we know what we want to do on, on both ends of the floor. Um, so I think it's just that mentality. Like There's teams you know, like Memphis is one of them, that they kind of like punch you first and they want to see how you react. And if you don't, then they're going to kind of run away. Uh, I think we saw it in the second half of one of the games. They they came out and kind of gave us one last push and got the game back, and we're obviously able to, to settle it. But, um, yeah, I think just mentally being prepared. And obviously we – I don't know how many games Donovan's missed this year, but not many um, right. at all. Maybe maybe one more, one or two or something. So I think three total. We have, yeah, okay. So we haven't, we haven't been out there without Donovan – very often at all. It's usually been I missed a few and, and Mike missed a few. Me and him have kind of flip-flopped in that starting role a little bit. So um, I've never like I've never started a game with Mike, I don't think, since we've been here. So just just figuring out um, playing with him a little bit more. Like obviously I usually I usually sub him out as the first sub and then we play a little bit together. So just figuring out um, different times again to, to kind of be aggressive where I can be, where Mike can be um, obviously where other guys come in and, and do their thing so um, we had to kind of figure it out on the fly a little bit with with the situation um, which is obviously another reason why why it's a good win for us just to, to be out, I mean you never know what experiences or situations it was like Mike in the bubble, he, he gets healthy and he's playing well towards the end of the year and then um, obviously has the the birth of his, his third son and, and misses a few games. So you figure it out on the fly and um, it's what we had to do yesterday and we were obviously able to do that um, and, and get a win. So in the U.S., April Fool's, April 1st, April Fool's is a big day. Is it a, a day to pull tricks and pranks and people in Australia? You guys get into it? Uh, some people do. Um, there's no tricks or fools about my auction. I hope everyone bids as much no, as no, possible no, no. And, and doesn't fake me on what they're going to bid because um, I want it to be a lot of money. Um, but no, it's, um, I think as I've got older, it kind of slows down. You don't really think about it too much. But um, I think we always, you always end up seeing something on social media or something of, of something happening. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, 
it's a funny day. You can there's usually someone that's getting tricked. I hope they're not joking about us like testing this morning or anything like that. So because <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just pulled up at testing, and if I have to drive home after this, I'll be mad for no reason. <laughs> I don't think they did. I did say earlier, DJ's off today. We've been doing this show 19 years, and I said that he had quit and found another job. And so some people believed me, and then I said, no, nope, just April Fool's. So we'll, he'll be back next week. So you'll have both of us next week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. And then get on uh, Joe Ingles' uh, social media and participate in some opportunities to win some cool, uh, earn a buy, I guess buy or donate money for some cool merchandise and things that they got going on for this Autism Awareness Month, right? It is, yeah. Definitely donating. I am. I can... Obviously, I promise everybody I am not taking a cent of it. It's 100% going to uh, to the, the charities and the schools and the, the places that it needs to go. So, um, like I said, I I also am very aware of the situation the world is in with the pandemic. So, um, yeah, anyone that can can afford to, to throw some some bids out there would be much appreciated. All right, Joe, thanks. We know you got to go. Appreciate you coming on today, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, that's the Joe Ingles Show. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. We appreciate Joe coming on and joining us, talking about that harrowing experience as far as that goes. I can only imagine the panic. You've ever had some near-death situations where you're thinking, uh-oh, this could be it. I don't know that I've ever been in that situation. If you have, let us know, and the top of the hour, we'll get with Craig Bojack, get some more jazz talk. So stay with us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The nine-loss UCLA Bruins. Do you honestly believe they're one of the best four teams in the country, or are you going to get on board with me? They got hot at the right time. No, I will say they have proved they are. Stop Let me get this straight. You don't believe a team that has won so many games in a row against good teams is not one of the best teams in the country because of what happened in November. Oh, the other several months of the season. Yes, (laughs) we put too much emphasis on the tournament because it's not about finding the best team. It's about what team gets hot at the right time. That may be one of the most illogical statements Ah. I've ever heard. You gotta win games when your season is on the line. And that's what UCLA is doing. Catch the big show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, the zone in the Zone Sports Network. Please let me tell you this segment is brought to you by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on right now, where you can save thousands of dollars on a new roof. You call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Just heard from Joe Ingles. Big time gut check win for the ball club. Uh, I, I, you know, listening to Joe talk, I've got to appreciate the win even more because that's a great thing. Joe's bringing you inside. Okay, only Joe can do that. We can't do that because Joe was there. We weren't there. We can tell you what people have told us, but Joe was there. And you think about all those things, and these are relatively young guys with not that you would, even if you were older, you'd blow it off and roll with it, but you got young kids and and Joe who's flown literally around the world 50 times after all the flying he's done, and he says he's never been in that experience, never. 
and all the flying for all the miles. I would venture to say there's few people that are listening to us or even in the NBA who've flown as many miles as he has going back and forth through Europe and obviously the U.S. to Australia and all that stuff. And to say he's never been in that experience and how he was jittery driving home after they landed, you know, I can imagine what he must have been thinking. And that's all I can do is imagine it. I can't put myself in it. But when you have a harrowing experience, how that shakes your nerves and then uh, to try to concentrate and what you got going on and still without Mitchell find a way to win that ball game, that's even more impressive than I realize. Because when I'm watching the game, I'm caught up in the game in the moment, right? I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just literally just watching the game, thinking, how can they win this game? It's there for the taking, but they got to do this and that. You know, they got to get a stop. They got to make a bucket, whatever it might be. And I don't have all these outside uh, thoughts going on. And maybe they don't too in the moment. But my guess is that, you know, there's still some residue there. Uh, and maybe in the moment they're caught up too right then and there. But all the stuff that went into it. And that, that that becomes even more impressive than I want to originally give them credit for. You agree? Disagree? Very impressive. Even if it was just a regular situation, the flight would have been fine and Mitchell would have been sick or whatever, and he, and he wasn't available, whatever it might be, any number of reasons, just to go on the flight and have to play them the third time in a short span without your leading scorer. That alone is pretty good. Then you factor in all this other stuff going on and, and a appears to we, we get an idea of why Mitchell wasn't on that flight. Uh, Quinn Snyder didn't said he didn't want to comment on personal issues, which obviously we respect, but it's not easy. It's not hard to connect the dots and put two and two together here to see what the situation was. And they still get that win. Nice. Very nice. Uh, better, better than I gave him credit for in the moment. All right, Craig Bojack coming up next. But we've got to tell you, man, breaking news. This is legitimate. This is not, as far as I know, it's legitimate anyway. It's all over social media. You may have seen it. But after 33 seasons, Roy Williams is retiring at North Carolina. Uh, we know that he was there at Kansas, and then he went over back to his uh, where he was before with Dean Smith. They had a little issue there after Dean Smith retired. Uh, they did get to the Final Four. Who was his assistant when the Utes played them in the Final Four? Was his assist- Who was that longtime I'm assistant? I'm trying to remember the name. I, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, he was there at that time. He was the head coach. Uh, and, and Royce, 30, three titles, 33 seasons, a lot of threes there as a college basketball coach. Obviously, he coached Kansas for 15 years. The only coach in NCAA history to post 400 wins at two different schools. Uh, And he's supposed to make the announcement at a news conference, uh, 2 o'clock our time. Uh, Ranks third all-time Division I coaching wins with 903. Now, they didn't have a good season this past season, right? That was actually miserable. I don't know how much They didn't make the tournament, though. Uh, Yeah, for, for Carolina standards. Yeah, it was not up to their standards, there's no yeah, I doubt. Mean, obviously, we expect them to be competing for everything every year. Uh, but he's stepping down, and that that's a premier job. So, yeah, it's got some pretty good jobs open right now. You got that job. Uh, Oklahoma's open. Texas is still open, right? 
They haven't filled that job. Still open. So there's, there's some pretty big time jobs in college hoops yeah, that are open. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out there, man. And who gets what job and what they do going forward. I'm interested to uh, be following. And then, of course, then you have the domino effect because then somebody else is leaving a job position to go take that position and that other position. So it trickles down. We bring up that experience many times over. The Chicago Bulls led to Utah State losing their job. Floyd goes to the Bulls. Stacy goes to Iowa State. Blah, blah, blah. And away you go. And uh, who knows where uh, where these dominoes are going to fall and where they're going to stop. All right. Craig Bolojack coming up next. Obviously, we'll hit some more jazz. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.